And that is the biggest failure we can make as an entrepreneur. We've got to know what we're good at. Very important. But more importantly, know what you're not good at. And hire and create a team of mm. people that are awesome at the things that you suck at. Because when you create... Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12-pack, head to Amazon and use promo code 20PureLeaf. That's promo code 20PureLeaf for 20% off. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness but how did you overcome all these obstacles in the last few years and how long did that stress or pain last for well you know you look at 2020 and obviously mm -hmm. the whole world was suffering you know and you turn on the tv you couldn't escape it and you're stuck in your house just yeah. right dealing with all this but in the midst of all that, my father, who is my rock, uh, in my book, you'll just see he and I have this unbelievable bond, had suffered two major heart attacks. Uh, I had to go pick him up in Wisconsin on New Year's Eve of 2019, going into 2020. Mm. So New Year's Eve, welcoming in this new you wow. know, year, I was on a plane flying from Colorado to Kenosha, Wisconsin, because... Uh, he wasn't getting the medical care he needed and brought him to Austin where I lived. Wow. Um, 
ambulances at the, you know, on the airport waiting to take him to the hospital uh, and where he spent until March, almost March 12th from, you know, December 31st. So ringing in that year was already starting out stressful, going through a divorce. Uh, You know, I had some, my own personal health issues happen. I ended up being in the same hospital that my dad was in uh, during that time period. It was one of those years where, but on the outside, everyone thought Kendra Scott was fine. Mm. The Instagrams are great. She's smiling. Things are good. And I just felt so, you know, like this isn't real and I'm suffering. Mm. And, And why am I so afraid to say I'm suffering? So I started writing a journal and just keeping track of what was going on personally, emotionally, and wanting to share that the struggle is what makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. And now coming out on the other side of that really scary year for my business, for my family, myself personally, is actually, I, I had to go through that to get to this next most beautiful place I'm at in my life. But when we're in the middle of it, sometimes it can feel hopeless and Mm -hmm. that you're alone and that you're the only one that is feeling like this. And so sharing it, and I think there's so much power in being vulnerable. And I realized that my journal notes I needed to make into a book Mm. simply because I wanted anyone out there who might be struggling in their own place in life to know this is part of their journey and to own it and to know this is their unique, amazing life. And they're going through this for a reason and something great is going to wait for them. It's waiting around the corner. Take a breath. This is only a moment in time and it too shall pass. Yeah, of course. You know, when I think people see you and they see everything you've accomplished in the last 20 years of your brand. It's been 20 years with your brand, right? Not an overnight success. I always love to be like, oh, this is an overnight success. I'm like, well, 20 years. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) But when they see the success in 20 years, they see you on Shark Tank, they see you with the book, they see you as this inspiring leader in the business world as well. What is the thing that most people don't see? What is the biggest insecurity, shame, or fear that you never share that people, if they knew you were working on overcoming, would see you differently? You know, I think one of the things that's so important is that we're no one is superwoman. And yet we try so hard in our Mm -hmm. life to make people think that we're Superman or Superwoman, that we are these just, we've got it all together, you know? And I think it's, you know, as a mom, I'm always struggling. People will be like, oh, how do you balance it all, Kendra? That is a myth. No, if anyone tells you they've got it figured out, they are lying, okay? That is a total myth. We, I work every day to be like, okay, how do I make sure that I'm there for my kids when they need me? Or if I forgot, is it a bake sale? Oh my gosh, you know, I'm racing to the store, picking up cookies and trying to package them in a Tupperware so I don't feel like my kid doesn't think I actually baked the cookie, you know? <laughs> we do things, right? Because we are doing the best that we can every day. And I think for us to say to one another and have these open conversations of, I've got this, thank you for helping me, or reaching out and asking for help, I now have a group of moms at school where we are all working together. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't do this today. Can you help? Yeah, I can do that. Or And instead of being critical of one another, oh, she didn't bake her own cookies. It's like, we support one another. Sure, sure. And, and that is what I think is, I think, you know, for me is I'm tr- I've stopped trying to be perfect mm. because no one's perfect. And I've started to laugh at myself more and be vulnerable and to just be like, you know, I don't have it all together today and be okay with that, you know? And I think that has taken time because in the early days of my business, I felt like I was always being judged as this 
girl from Texas who, you know, in Austin where it was very tech savvy, yeah. you know, environment. I'm starting a fashion brand where, you know, I was laughed out of boardrooms right. asking for, you know, investment funding. And Unless it's cowboy boots and hats and it's like, what are you doing? Well, <laughs> not even, no, I mean, it also, it's just, it was, it was just a different world sure, and they sure, wanted sure. me to be a tech company and I'm, I'm not a tech company. I was right. a, a jewelry designer. designer and, yeah. and, you know, I think then I felt like, well, I can't let anybody think that I'm not super smart and really? I don't have this. And I had to, I was afraid if somebody would ask me where I graduated from college because I was a dropout. Mm -hmm. uh, I was afraid for people to learn where my education from because it came from my first failed business. So that's not always a, a conversation right. starter you want to start with. And so I was trying to build up my own, like, I want them to think I'm this person. Because if they know who I really am, then I'm really out of luck. Who were you really? I was scared. Mm. I was scared that they would see that I wasn't all the things I thought I should be to be in that room and get their attention or get the check for my business. And that insecurity of trying to be someone I wasn't was the worst thing I could have done. Really? Being my authentic self, being vulnerable and saying, I'm a single mom, I didn't finish college, but I'm a hard worker and I'm the first one there in the morning and mm. I am not going, I mean, if you give me money for my company, I'm going to make sure you get a return. I will not let you down. Wow. But I was too scared to really? say that. How long did it take you until you said you're to start stepping into being 100% authentic as opposed to controlling an identity or an image that you wanted others to see? You know, I think it took a while. Really? I'd love to say that it didn't, um, but I think it took a, it didn't around the people around me, right? Right, right? I had a very small team of amazing women that I like to call the Super Seven, uh, and we were very vulnerable with each other. We were, a lot of us were new moms. We had young children. We'd bring them to the office. We had pack and plays at mm -hmm. our office. We'd be passing around babies in between calls with buyers. Uh, and we were this village of support where we could just be ourselves. Mm. We could come in and talk about our day being difficult or, right, you know, right. and it was amazing. But I think, you know, on the outside, I felt like I had to be, because I remember going to market in New York City, for example, and setting up my little trade show booth and, you know, and these buyers coming in and be like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, Austin, Texas. This is now, you have to remember, probably 18 years ago when we were, you know, doing our first markets. This isn't the hub of this design and fashion. No, yeah, it's yeah. not what now people know of Austin. And they're like, oh, well, you can't make it as a designer really? if you're not on the coasts. Wow. You need to be in New York or L.A. Or San Francisco. In San Francisco. Maybe, yeah. But in my heart of hearts, I knew that Austin was this special place. Wow. And it was part of the DNA of our brand. So even though I had insecurities about some things, I had total dedication to others. Like, we are an Austin, Texas brand. We have our own voice. And when you walked through market, all these buyers would be attracted to our booth because we didn't look like everybody else. We weren't trying to do what everybody yeah. else was doing. We had our own unique personality. And that own unique personality was part of me. And so mm -hmm. as I started to see people loving us for who we were, I started to have more confidence to, to just say, be yourself, like, this yeah. Is, yeah, just be myself. Interesting. When, you, when would you say that was, though? 10 years in, 5 years in, 20 years in? What was, you know, what? I think it, it, it was an evolution. Uh -huh. You know, I don't think one day you wake up yeah, and yeah. you're like, today I'm just going to be me, you know? Right. It, was, it was, you'd get a win. Uh -huh. You'd get a little win and you go, okay, 
that gave me confidence or someone else believed in me. You know, I remember my first office, what a big deal it was, like renting an office space and not yeah. working out of the extra bedroom deal, of my right? house anymore. It's a big deal. And my landlord was this great guy. He had a, a sub company, still has a subway, like it's not subway, but it's a sub company. Mm -hmm. And he was from Wisconsin where I'm from. And I would sometimes give him my rent check. His name's Mike. And I'd say, Mike, you know, could you just hold it for right, a few right, days, right? right? I, I've got some other, you know, payments coming in from different, you know, companies. And he'd be like, absolutely, Kendra. You just let me know when I should take it to the bank. His confidence in mm. me gave me confidence. And it's those little interactions that people don't realize how powerful they are. Right. Because of his faith and belief in me, it gave me belief in myself. Wow. And I wanted to show him that I was good on my word. Because my word is everything. Mm -hmm. When I tell somebody I'm going to do something, I do it. Right. right? And I think over time, those interactions, buyers, Nordstrom ordering from you, right? It was like... More and more confidence. Confidence. Yeah. And I started to not be afraid. And, and, and I remember the first time I had to say, I, I actually went to an entrepreneurial master's course through Entrepreneurs uh, EO, mm -hmm. which is a fantastic organization. Any young entrepreneur out there, I say join an organization like EO yeah. because you start to meet other people who have their same insecurities and worries that you have and you're in this safe environment where you can talk about those things and you realize I'm not alone in this anymore. Right, right. And once you're opening up to someone else, they open up to you and that's why I say there is such power in vulnerability mm. where you think it's the opposite. But when you can actually say to somebody, this is something that I've always bothered me, then they feel like they can share that about themselves. And all of a sudden, you're having a real conversation. Mm -hmm. You're not having a conversation anymore of, I did this, and I'm this, and I'm all, and my business is having that, you know. And then they're just puffing back up, and it's this whole, and there's nothing real happening. But you go, God, the first time I walked in this room with you all, I was so intimidated. I felt like I didn't belong here. Mm. You know, you have got Harvard grads in the room, and, and I'm a college dropout. And then all of a sudden, they're this welcoming force, right? Of, are you kidding me, Kendra? When you walked in the room and you had, you know, and it was this, um, it, it changes perspective. And I think mm -hmm. if we could all embrace that, it it's a dynamic, amazing thing to be part of. If you could go back 20 years ago when you started and been the 100% authentic you, public facing, where do you think you'd be today? Or do you think it worked out perfectly, the lessons you needed to learn from that journey? I think everyone, our story is our story for mm -hmm. a reason. And I had to go through those aches and pains and knots in my stomach and feeling uncomfortable to become comfortable within myself. It wasn't like I could just wake up one day and have that. It's the failures that build the next success mm -hmm. in your life. And I always say these things we go through, the heartache, divorce, breakups, relationships, business failures, they're the bridge to get us to the next place yeah. we're going in our life. No one can experience that for you but you. And even as a parent, you want to take those heartaches away and those steps or falls away from your kids. But they've got to scratch their knees. They've got to touch a hot surface to know not to do it again. You can only protect them from yeah. so much. But we need those lessons to build the person we're becoming. And we're always evolving. I'm not there yet. I've got You're not finished yet? No. We, I've got so much more I want to do, and I know so much I'm learning about myself still mm. every day, uh, which is a really cool That's place cool. to be. That's cool. What, what would you say was the biggest 
pain personally and professionally you've gone through in the last 20 years? We only have an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, look. The biggest challenge or pain or what seemed like, oh, this is a big letdown or breakdown or failure potentially in your personal life and in your, your business. But also what's the lesson you learned from each one of those experiences? Yeah, you know, my first business was a hat company. Mm -hmm. I started it um, because my stepfather had brain cancer, and I was meeting a lot of men and women undergoing chemotherapy mm. who had lost their hair. And I had loved fashion since I was a little girl, and and I so I started sewing in cotton linings into hats uh, and created a hat business mm -hmm. at age nineteen. Dropped out of college, uh, and I think seeing this person that I love struggling wanting to save his life, really. And at 19, you're kind of an idealist. This was my way. I could do something, right? I felt so helpless in that moment. And after five years of trying to run this little hat company uh, and it not working, wanting hats to be the next big thing again, mm -hmm. like it was 1940, I had these big grand plans for this business. And it just failing day in and day out. Really? And after five years knowing, I had to close it. And now I'd already just lost my stepfather to cancer. Mm. So the person I had done this for, I had lost. The business I had started is failing. The thing he was so proud of me to do. I'm now a dropout. So all of my friends who have graduated right. from college now are getting jobs. So I have You're no degree. Or yeah, yeah, no degree. I have a failed business. I lost my stepfather. And I remember just thinking, it, wow, like I'm a complete loser. Mm. I'm a loser. I really did. And now what am I going to do? Well, I've got to go get a job. I'm going to get an entry-level job somewhere because I don't have a college degree. And I was able to get a job at a travel company that did a travel magazine in their marketing department. And I still had customers calling me from the hat store. And they weren't calling for hats. I was making jewelry in that little store. And I'd put it on the counter. And the day that it would go out, it would sell. No way. But I was so focused on the hats the working. The mission of the hat, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I couldn't see what was working. Interesting. And so, so this, was, this was like a little side project. Yeah, it was just like, and I enjoyed making jewelry. And uh -huh. I loved making jewelry. And I loved some of my precious stones. And I wanted to make jewelry that people could afford mm -hmm. that was beautiful quality. And so, but it was just a side thing. I made hat pins too and other things mm. just by hand. But customers would call and say, Kendra, I want a pair of earrings to match the necklace I bought in your store. Or my sister loves that necklace I bought. I want to get her one for her birthday. Could you make one? Wow. So I'm going home from my day job now that I had to get after my business failed. And I'm making jewelry for my old customers. And so it, it really was this like, I, all of those things happen. But when mm -hmm. you're in that moment, when you're closing the store, for the last time and you're sitting on the step and it literally starts to rain and you look at your life and you think <laughs> like this is a movie yeah, yeah it's, it's a movie no right. it starts to rain it was like a joke like yeah. i started laughing at the sky like wow um and I, I had one of those signs lewis that on the door it says sorry we're closed and on the other side it says yes we're open uh -huh. i mean obviously our marketing budget wasn't big so i bought it at like home depot sure, or lowe's sure. or something and I, I remember trying, you know, thinking about closing it. And when I was sitting on the step crying in the rain and I moved everything out, I looked and I saw the sign still said, yes, we're open. And I was pissed because I was like, I have to go back in now and turn, go through this whole emotional <laughs> deal. And, but then I looked at it and I was like, mm. this is a sign. Mm. This is an actual sign. Mm -hmm. And it was, yes, we're open. And I, I talk about it a lot because I, it was being open to the next thing that's going to happen. The next possibility. The next yeah. possibility. 
And sometimes it is actual signs that you have to kind of pay yeah, attention to. 100%. But you have to be open to it. And so even me taking this job, because I had to, I was open to my customers calling me going, well, maybe there's something to this jewelry. Maybe there's something there that I wasn't seeing. And that led into Kendra Scott That's jewelry. That's crazy. When, yeah. when did you say, from that moment of closing that business, doing this side thing of the jewelry, when did you say, okay, I'm going all in on the jewelry? And leaving this job and actually going yeah. all in on Yeah, so I was uh, traveling. It was a travel magazine and travel company. So I was traveling to all these remote places, doing marketing, selling uh-huh. ad space, negotiating contracts, like all these things. And I met, I met my future you know, husband during this time. And I would be gone sometimes four to six weeks at a time. Mm. So we got married and, you know, it was not a job that you really can have as a married person. And because right, you're we, traveling. No. And so I was like, okay, I, this isn't going to be good for our marriage for me to do this. So then I started doing PR and marketing for small businesses on the side while still making jewelry. And I just, that entrepreneurial spirit mm. in me was huge. So you're working the job or you left the job to do PR? I left PR. the job gotcha. and I started doing PR myself. Gotcha. It was called Glitter. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. It was J-Lo was big back then. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it, she still is. But it was sequence <laughs> glitter. It was all about the bling back, sure, in, the, sure. back in the day. Early, two, you know, 19, two, 2000s, sure, I guess. Sure, sure. Uh, and so I did glitter PR and advertising and I was still doing my jewelry just for customers. And we got pregnant, and I remember, you know, thinking, okay, what am I going to do next? And I made a little collection of jewelry while I was on, you know, basically pregnant with Kate. I went to jewelry-making classes at a local bead shop to learn how to do even, you know, make things a little bit more intricate or different. And when he was three months old, I decided, you know, let's see if we can sell this. So I didn't have any proper case, this little collection. And I, we had a wooden tea box, like that you take out each little section of tea. And I put each, you know, color mixed collection in each of the little boxes in the tea box. And I put Kate and a baby Bjorn. And we started to go to local boutiques in Austin, Texas. Wow. And I showed my collection and didn't want to really tell anyone I was starting a business. I thought right, if I didn't can... want to fail. <laughs> they no, and they already know. <laughs> they already know that I'm a failure. Okay. Yeah, so... I'm not announcing this to the world no, so that I fail again. No. Yeah. So yeah, I, t- I took Cade and thought if I can create a business that allows me to be a present mom. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host 
So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For this little unbelievable yeah. human. And make some money on the weekends. And, yeah, yeah. And, and bring money and help our family and, you know, that would be success. Sure. I didn't write the plan like I did for the hat box of opening stores all over the country and this being a huge thing. I started with it, let's just small. small. Yeah. And it I'd sell into a store and I'd make my little orders and were you doing they would sell out. Or were you doing, you were doing no, like... so I would write orders, you uh -huh. know, down uh -huh. and I'd show my collection. This is a the first day is kind of an amazing day because I went to five boutiques, four out of the five ended up placing orders. In Austin. In Austin. That so day. they're buying orders like wholesale and then yes. they're selling for double yes, the price. Exactly. Whatever, yeah. Exactly. So I would go in and they'd write orders based on my sample set. Well, the last store I went into, they were doing a fashion show like in two days. And she's like, can I buy your samples for the show? And you'd already like, sold them, didn't you? Well, no, I had the samples. Okay. I had written orders. So I was going to go ones. produce those more samples. Of those. Yeah, more yeah. of those. Yes. And so I was kind of like, this is great because I didn't know how I was going to get more money to right. buy the materials, materials right, I needed. Right. So I sold my sample set for $1,200. It took me $500 in, you know, to make. To, to make. And I remember coming home with that check uh -huh. and like show even Kate, my three month old, I'm like, baby, we have a business. Wow. Like this is real. And I know it seems so silly, but that $1,200 led to the next ability to, so I was just kind of putting money in. And I mean, this is as bootstrapped. Mm -hmm. My mom brought over a card table. I had a bead board in our little spare room. It was maybe a 10 by 11 bedroom and was fulfilling my orders. And I had them up on a board. And I remember just thinking like I had four orders at one time. I'm like, this is like, things are happening. Wow. And it just started to grow. I mean, they would sell out. I would go to the stores. I'd help them merchandise. If something wasn't selling, I'd go back in and replace it for them. Nobody had done that when I had my hat store. So I thought, I want to be mm -hmm. a designer that is supportive of these retailers. Right. I'll go in and do trunk shows. I'll meet sure. their customers. I mean, I was like, I am going to do everything I wished would have been done for me when I owned my hat store. Uh, and it worked. And our stores were selling like crazy and the customers were happy and it just grew from there.
One wow. store grew into 10 stores, 10 stores grew into 100 stores, 100 stores grew into 1,000. This is where um, you had placement, not your own stores, right? right? Yes. Yeah. So you had placement distribution. And that's how I did it for 10 years of my business. And then you decided what? Well, eight years, eight years. Eight years, and then you said, I want to have my own store. No, I didn't say that at all. The, this wonderful thing happened called the recession. I don't know if you've heard about it. Yeah, 2008. So this was from 2000 to 2008. Two, 2002 to, to 2008. 2008. Yeah, so 2009. six years yeah. more full-time, but two years kind of on the side, it sounds like, right? Well, so 2008, the world yes. changed. And all of my eggs were in one basket. The power of my future was with the buyers at the department stores, uh-huh. with the store, store owners, I had no direct connection to my consumer, yeah. my customer. You didn't have an I audience. Was, I didn't have an audience. You had an audience through, through retailers. Exactly. And so when the recession hit, all that power was going away because buyers I had built relationships with were getting laid off. So they weren't buying anymore. They No. they A lot of them were going direct and wow. creating their own private label. Store owners that I loved were shuttering. Wow. Every day I'd find out another store was closing. How many stores were you in at that time before 2008? Uh, we were probably in about 600 stores across okay. the country. Yeah. And then after 2009, 10, how many stores were you in? Probably 400. No. Oh, 400. I was going to say yeah. four. No, <laughs> 400. Four. Yeah. I was like, geez. But it's a 200 a stores is a yeah. lot, right? So I'm going through this and I'm, I, I'm thinking, I mean, I remember us shipping one huge order to a company that had been in business 100 years, Lewis. Filed for bankruptcy two no days way. after I shipped an no. order. Yes. So what Filed. happens? Never got, never got all that money check? again. No. And then no. You didn't get the product back. No. Oh my no. gosh. That's, no, that's what I'm saying. So it was a scary time, and here I have a line of credit. I have no investment capital. Nobody would invest in me. I've gone and pitched my idea. Really? Doors closed a million times. Had you already raised money, or were you just giving no, credit? No- no, I just had a line of credit. I had signed everything I owned up for collateral. I wow. used credit card debt. Uh, it was all on debt. My entire business to this. You never point. raised any money, right? I could. Nobody would invest. Right. I wanted to early on. No one. No, was, Lewis. As, I, I remember going to this. We've a hundred stores, five hundred yeah, stores. No, it, I, I promise Man. you. And I'm a good salesperson. Can't you see right, that? Right. No. I would walk in and they'd be like, mm, yeah, yeah, no, retail. Yeah, you don't have a college degree, I don't trust you. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, but I'd go in and sometimes it'd be like, I remember going to this one networking group and they were like, well, Kendra, you just need to get an angel. I was like, I need an angel. Yeah, yeah. yeah where do these angels hang out? I'd love to meet an angel, uh, angel investor. There, It wasn't even the access that you had today. If you mm, think about yeah, social yeah. media, it wasn't, wasn't there. It wasn't, there weren't groups that no. you could see, you know, if people it wasn't look at a like, trending thing either. No, it was like hard to get in, old so boys club hard, type of so thing. Hard. Yeah. So yeah, Interesting. I mean, all of this was happening and I realized I had to change my business model. Otherwise we were going to fail. So, I was going to have another failure under my belt. And so I remember walking into my office and saying to my team, if you guys are with me, it's kind of like the Alamo where you draw the line in the sand, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a Texan, so sure, we all sure, know that sure. story well, but it's like if you cross the mm-hmm. line, if you're with me, if you're not, I totally understand. And it was like, I, we're going to change our business model. Wow. We're going to still have our wholesale customers. We love them. But we are going to focus on direct-to-consumer. On. We are going to build a website that is actually not just information, but right. e-commerce. Not just publicity, right. but it's actually it's how to buy It's actually an e-commerce website. We're going to create, which we had Color Bar, which was this customization tool where you could pick the stones you wanted and put it in any setting. Ooh, we're like going to create custom. that tool online, and we are going to open a retail store. When stores all over Austin were shuttering, I sign a lease for a store with an office above it. 
So you'd walk through our retail store to get to our offices. I was like, this is going to be our laboratory. Mm. This is how we're going to learn about our customer. We're all going to work in that store. We're going to ask her what she loves, what she hates, what she wants more of. She's the boss. Mm -hmm. We have got to know what she needs and wants so that we can build the best company we can build. Not knowing that what we were actually doing was going to have this huge retail company. Because I said, if we're going to do it, I hate jewelry stores. I hate the way they are. I hate everything's under glass. I hate how judgy everyone is when you walk in. I'm snobby, intim- snooty. Snobby. Yeah, yeah. I said, I want to take all that away. We're going to have jewelry freely displayed on the tables where our customers can touch and feel mm. them and try them on. We're going to create a real color bar where they can sit at the bar and drink champagne and eat a cupcake and watch their jewelry be made in front of them. Wow. We're going to be totally disruptive in a space that I did not personally like as a consumer. And I remember people saying, Kendra, that's not going to work. You know how much you're going to lose? How many shoplifters are going to just take that jewelry? And I looked at them and I said, I believe that 98% of people are good. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to build a business for the 2% of people that are bad. Right. And it worked. Wow. We had lines around the block to come into this little store. No, it was like... It was like one Red Oak or whatever in Las Vegas. Like we had to get stanchions. It would be like five in, five wow. out. Five. It was unbelievable. It was this energy and community in the store. We were hosting community events with Kendra Gives Back events for local charities and color bar parties for birthdays. And it was, it was unbelievable. Wow. And we realized that this is the missing link. But it all came from a shake the snow globe moment of the recession for us to think differently. Because we were doing okay. We weren't, you know, making any big headlines, but we were paying the rent and I was being able to put my kids through school and things were good, right? But that recession was the greatest gift Mm. Kendra Scott ever got. And you would think, that sounds crazy, but it was the, I say it's a ribbon wrapped in yellow, was our future was because it forced me to think differently. What is this? What looks like recession forcing you to think differently about the next evolution? Well, of we don't the know for sure if we're in a recession yet. Right. Louis. Well, you know, look. It looks like. Well, it, but I also let's think just it, call it this economic challenge. I get excited now, uh-huh. which seems really weird. What but, is the thing that? What's your blind spot that you haven't yet looked at within your business that, if you really start to peel back or lean into in a different way, could explode into the next level? When you think about when I started my company, it mm-hmm. was. Cade was born two months after 9-11. Wow. I started at one of the most unstable times in our history. I started a business. Crazy. Here we are. 2008. One of the biggest economic crises that we faced in our lifetime happens. My business becomes lightning in a bottle growth (sighs) afterwards because of that shakeup. The pandemic. Scary. Closing stores. It made me think about how we relate to our customer differently where is she and how do I meet her there? Does she need curbside? Does we need to make mobile access better? Does she need virtual styling? Things that we weren't doing, we're doing now is every day as part of our business wow. because the pandemic had us thinking about where our customer was. So when you think about these things that are happening, it is, fear is good, fear's normal. But usually on the other side of fear, something great. Yeah, of course. And if you can get through that scary, that scary phase, that uncomfortable phase and go, how am I going to make my business better today? How am I going to make my customer happier today? How am I going to understand where they are so that I can be there for them in this moment of mm-hmm. whatever it is we're going through? 
those are the businesses that are not only going to make it through this period, but they're going to absolutely thrive. Mm. So how many stores, you started with one in Austin, how many stores did it get to before 2020? We were at just about 100. 100 stores yeah. around the country? Around or, the country, or yes. Around outside the country. of the U.S. or nope, just U.S.? all in the United States. That's a lot yeah. of stores. Yeah. 100 of your own stores, yes. not like other No, no. Kendra Scott. Kendra Scott stores. 100 yes. stores. Now we are over 120. 120. Did yeah. you have to close any you said though? During no, the- we just, we closed them temporarily during oh. the pandemic, but we were really creative 120. in 120. It's incredible. March 16th, I closed those stores. And, it's my and birthday. Is it? Yeah. Oh. That was like the week of the pandemic. Yeah. It I hit mean, and I was like, happy birthday to me. Well, I was up at midnight for your birthday because I didn't sleep the <laughs> night before, you know? I mean, it was... So you're thinking, well, I got all these stores. If people can't come in, what am I going to do? Well, and I had all these employees that I love. They're my family. Yeah. You know, at Kendra Scott, family is one of our core values. Mm-hmm. And thinking about how are we going to keep our family in a good place? Mm-hmm. How are we going to be there for our customer family? You know, we have the sister rule at Kendra Scott. We treat her like our sister. So it was, I'm like, girls, get on the phone, start calling our customers. We had elderly customers that instead of us asking them what they wanted to buy in jewelry, we were delivering food to their doorsteps. Mm -hmm. Um, We really started to reach out and just say, we've built a connection with our customer. And, And I think for anybody that sells anything, it's doing anything with a retail service mind, make a connection first and the transaction will follow. Mm. But when you're so focused on transaction, you lose the connection and you don't have that, especially when bad things happen. Right. Our connection with our customer was so strong over the last 20 years. We were there in you know hospitals, 31 hospitals with our Kendra Cares program for pediatric cancer. We were there in oncology centers the month of October for our buy one, give one program, giving a woman battling breast cancer a gift and letting mm. her try to have a little piece of joy. We show up when we aren't expecting to, all the time, every single day. So when something bad happened to the world, our customers showed up for us. And they had this loyalty to our brand that wasn't fake, it was authentic and real. And you know, I I say this to companies all the time, being an authentic brand, you have to be authentic. (laughs) It's not something that you can just create. It has to come from doing it consistently. Day in and day out and leading by example. Right. Man, this is inspiring. I didn't know this whole story. It's really inspiring. I'm curious. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that watch and listen that have small businesses. Yeah. You started as a small business. What's the difference between a, you know, a few hundred thousand dollar a year or a million dollar business yeah. and a billion dollar business? What does it take emotionally, mentally, and psychologically to really excel to get there? And then what are some a few of the things that take in terms of strategy and execution to get there. Well, no small business is small. Because first of all, to have the courage to start a business mm-hmm. is real big right. and really amazing. Um, so I always say that you know the smallest ideas can turn into things that you can't even imagine. But I think the biggest thing for me as an entrepreneur is knowing my weaknesses. And I think you think, whoa, wait, you, why would you want to know that? We try as entrepreneurs to be like, we can do it all. We are, we're like magical unicorns, <laughs> right? And we just have all, and that is the biggest failure we can make as an entrepreneur. We've got to know what we're good at. Very important, because if you can focus on the things you're great at, awesome. But more importantly, know what you're not good at and hire and create a team of mm. people that are awesome at the things that you suck at. Because when you create this magical team, that is how you go from $200,000 a year to a billion dollar brand mm. is 
identifying the places, the gaps where you need to bring in others that have that expertise, that knowledge, that maybe have gone down that road before yeah. and can help avoid some of those pitfalls. Uh, and that is how you get there. No single human founder on the planet has done it themselves. Right. And if they have, they're lying to you right, again. Right, right. They're arrogant and they're lying because it's not true. So I'm hearing you say the, the awareness to know what your weaknesses are and then the execution and strategy to find Fine. the right people, yes. the team, and expand the team. And expand the team. And then having trust and faith in mm -hmm. that team and being collaborative. Knowing that you may not always have the greatest idea in the room. Right. You know, you can be a leader and a visionary, but you also have to be able to absorb these awesome people around sure. you. And more importantly, listen to your customers. Listen to them every single day. I read every comment on my Instagram to my marketing teams. Like They're like, Kendra, please don't read all these comments. <laughs> I want to know. I'm like, has somebody gotten back to her? I literally said that on the way here. There was somebody who had a question about something. Mm. I go, I didn't see a reply on Instagram. I mean, I'm doing a lot of things, but every day I want to hear from our customer. Mm -hmm. And I think from entrepreneurs, you've got to get, on, get out of your office, whether it's in a store, whether it's on your customer service calls, listening in taking those calls mm. yourself, being engaged with the person that matters the most, and that is the person that is signing your check. Right. It is not you signing your checks. Right. Even though your name might be on the building, it is not you. It is your customer signing your checks. Mm. She's the boss. She's the boss. She's He's the boss. Now we've got a men's line. So he and she are the boss. So, yeah. about, so I'm wearing uh, you Scott know, Brothers. It's funny yeah. because Matt was just saying that I never wore jewelry until a couple couple months ago. My girlfriend got me a chain and yeah. some rings. And then you put on a bunch of cool stuff. Um, why did you start a men's line for 18 years? It was a women's line, only yeah, line? Only, and we had so many men, first of all, like Kendra, you know, when are you going to? And I never quite like got it. My boys became men. <laughs> so, right. They never wore jewelry over, as a yes. twelve-year-old. So Cade, no. the three-month-old, is now twenty. Okay. Right. right. Uh, so every year, my business has become a year older. So has my oldest son. Crazy. And when we were in the pandemic together, I would be having all my design meetings around my dining table because we weren't really in the office. So you know, a few of my designers, six feet apart, masks on, we would be designing collections, and my boys were home with me. And they'd be walking in the dining room. They're like, Mom, that is so cool. You need to make that for me. Or can you make that in a bigger size? And I started talking to them. And I was watching kind of what they were wearing. Mm. They were kind of layering cool bracelets and, you know, and, and really kind of seeing their style come mm -hmm. out. And I said, wait, maybe we should do a, like a little line together, you know. And it kind of just became kind of a fun project for us. We launched Scott Brothers, and it was, I think we exceeded by 70% or something wow. crazy of our expectations for launch. Um, but it's it was a line that came from a genuine place, and the boys love being engaged and involved in it, and it's been something fun for us to do. But we had 36% customer base that were male prior to Scott Brothers. Because they were buying for their... Girlfriend, wives. Or so whatever, now right? they can come in and buy for their girlfriend and wives and leave with something for and themselves. the women are probably the main buyers. So they're going to buy for their yes. guys. Yes. If they're going to be there. They might as well get a gift from yeah. them, Yeah. So it's been really fun and um, and it's growing. I mean, it keeps expanding. Interesting. So, yeah. You're like the Lululemon of, of jewelry now. <laughs> right? It's like only women's clothes and now they have like a yeah, small men's section. Right. And now it's like, yeah. okay, it's bigger exactly. and bigger. Now it's exactly. more men are in there yeah. shopping. That's pretty cool. So do you have like a... I gotta go to one of your stores and check it out. Please, we have it's one cool, here. It must yeah. be a cool experience. Century City, you can go here in LA. It's here in Century yeah. City? Yeah. At the mall? At the mall. Come on. Yes, right when you come up the escalator, like when you where you go to valet, which I'm sure is that what you do because you're yeah, fancy, yeah, yeah. Lewis. You <laughs> which, know? but where, what's it next to? 
I'm trying to see because I'm going over there all the uh, time. We're near Nordstrom area. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. I want to go in and look at the men's section Please. make sure it's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, now, okay, what was the biggest, you talked about the business challenge. What was the biggest personal challenge you've had to overcome and face and the lesson you learned from that personal challenge in the last 20 years? I mean, I think, you know, divorce is really hard, right? And nobody walks down the aisle saying, I do forever and ever and <laughs> expecting it to not work out that way. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a devastating thing, no matter what. But then when you bring draining. little kids. Oh, my gosh. So my boys were one in three. And I had a, a very young business oh. that was just, you know, getting started. And it was, you know, it was a really, I think for me, that was, I felt like the biggest personal failure because I can do things like closing the business and it's on me, right? That's me. But when you have two little lives that you're responsible for, it's much bigger than that. And so you take those failures differently, Interesting. right? Because it's affecting these little humans that you love. And so that was for me really, really hard. But at the same time, you know, I look at it now and I think, and I have a, a chapter in my book called The Average Family. There is no average family anymore. People get, go through marriages and divorces. Uh, I remarried. I had a little, mm -hmm. you know, a, a younger son. So now I have three sons. My boys got a little brother that they adore. Uh, he has these older brothers that he loves. My ex-husband and I are great friends. Uh, you know, we get along wonderful. He's remarried as two little girls. So they have sisters through him. This is, our family has evolved into this really amazing, you know, thing for everybody. And, but when you're in it, it doesn't feel like that's going to be the outcome. No. But for me at the time, it was, and, and it still is hard, you know, because it's not what you plan on happening. Right. But life throws you curveballs, Lewis. I mean, you just got to figure it? out how to I catch them I thought it was just sometimes. easy. Yeah. You know, I thought no. it was just simple and no. everything yeah. happens yeah. in a perfect way. I've made every mistake yeah. in the book <laughs> in relationships and, and, and suffered for many years and struggled and, did a lot of therapy to just kind of help myself heal and unwind and realize why I was making certain decisions and things like that. Yes, and, and, uh, and that's part of that personal mm -hmm. growth that we're yeah. talking about, you know. And and I think a lot of times we're judged, especially if you've gone through divorce. Mm. We can have monogamous relationships and break up, and for some reason that's right. okay when you, for people. When you say I do and you commit, commit, and then that doesn't work out. People are like, oh, especially you're a, like the she's religious divorce. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, oh. So it's it's becomes harder, but I love love, and I believe in love, mm -hmm. and you know I haven't given up on it. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this: assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek new Stealth Pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly. 
or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game, or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And yeah, it didn't always work out the way I'd planned, but that doesn't mean that I don't deserve love mm. and that I can't be in a, in a relationship that's a committed relationship. Was there ever a time where you didn't love yourself? Oh, sure. Really? <laughs> yes. I, you know, I think I've, I've been hard on myself um, throughout my life. And I, and I think in 2020, was a year where I just felt like I lost that ability to overcome obstacles really? like I had before because there were so many. There was so many coming at me all at once that I would try to, and I was trying to be positive for mm, everybody else yeah, because yeah. I didn't want my team at work or my kids to think mom was you know, not okay. Mm -hmm. So I would be putting on this like mask of physically hi and, yeah and, hey yeah, yeah. great i'm great and then i'd go in my room at night and just sob really? and cry myself to sleep and feel like i didn't have it all together and that i was a fake like the world thought i did and i you know and that's when i started journaling and and writing this down to say mm. i knew i needed people to know that i wasn't okay because i had a feeling there are other people that weren't okay too and that we're gonna overcome this. And I knew in my heart I was still gonna overcome it. I mean, I wasn't at a point where I was like, I'm not, I'm giving up, but I was at a point where I was just like, yeah, this is, this is, and, and I didn't feel like myself. In and I had to change the, the way I was doing things. In 2020. In 2020. And, but and been, personally. But you'd made a ton of money, your business is everywhere, you're this big success, you've got, you know, your kids, you're healthy. I mean, you're ish, healthy yeah, ish. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got stability in life, but you didn't feel like you were yourself. No. I, you know, I felt like a, a, a shadow of myself really? at that point. And, you know, money does not make you happy. And that success is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. Success what is success is, for you? So I realized that success for me was just having more time, more quiet time, more time with the people that I loved. And in 2020... I think with my father being ill, going mm. through another divorce in my life, that separation of another failure, COVID, the pandemic hitting you know, the world and my business, there was just so many things out of my control that I felt out of control in a way. But I had to keep everybody thinking I was in control, right. which is the worst. And it's I, a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, and being able to finally just say, okay, I'm struggling and I need to I need a break and writing down what I saw my next three years of my life look like because I had been going at a pace 
that was so intense Fast. and be trying to be superwoman for everybody, my kids, my business, my, you know, Kendra Scott family members, everybody, my own family, uh, and finally just saying, I've got to focus on me a little bit and taking a different role within the organization as a company, stepping down as CEO and becoming just chairwoman, lead of, mm. head of design, and I'm the customer advocate, so, you know, queen of customer sure. experience. So this but happened though, in the last two years. Last two years. So and you stepped down into your, into your I did. Wow. And said, I know I can do more for the business and for myself and for everybody else if I just focus on the things that I know I need to focus on. Interesting. I created the School for Women's Entrepreneurship so I could help and inspire other young women. I wanted to spend more time with my kids, which we were getting to do during COVID. And I realized what a gift this was, spending more time with my father, who I almost lost, realizing I wasn't spending as much time as I wanted mm -hmm. to before. Mm -hmm. uh, and even having a choir life, like gardening and animals and being outside and hiking and, and taking care of myself, even physically, doing yoga every morning. Mm. I'd never done yoga. Started doing yoga in 2020, changed my life. I mean, I, I, if I don't do yoga every day, I feel like I'm missing something sure. now. But it was making priorities. And what happened is, is those contributions to my company have caused the company to even grow and succeed wow. more. When I was killing myself, Right? You think you're working so hard, but you're not working effectively and efficiently. Right. Um, and so having that reflection and that time to do that was what inspired the book mm. because it really was something that was important for me to put out there, for others to realize that you know, even when you don't feel it, there's this light inside of you still flickering away and surrounding yourself with people that help you find that light when you don't necessarily see it. And then it is going to come out. It's going to shine brighter mm, than ever before. Yeah. I like you, Kendra. <laughs> I like you, Lewis. <laughs> I like this story. This is really inspiring. What was, your, what was your biggest fear then? Was it failure or success? Well, that's a good question. Because I felt, I felt it both at different times mm -hmm. in my life. For a long time, it was failure. Because I failed, mm -hmm. right? And I didn't want to... I wanted to, to take away the the failure cloak that yes, I felt like yes. was like- The monkey on your back. Yeah, the yeah, monkey yeah. on my back. And wanted to prove that I could mm -hmm. be successful. Yeah. That I wasn't gonna let that shadow follow me anymore. Then once you have the success and people all of a sudden look at you different, mm. they talk to you a little different, mm -hmm. they take you seriously Get more, you know, they act differently yeah. around you, you're like, whoa. But then you kind of feel that some people are talking to you for different reasons, not because they genuinely care about you. <laughs> Right, right, right. Or maybe they they want something, or they're and you then don't know, you don't know why the agenda. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that became scarier for me because I'm very like open and giving, you know, giving and, and generous. And you got to a point where I started to question some of the the people, things in my life that were happening, and why they were happening. Mm. So then that kind of scared me a little bit, and that trust of just wanting to trust everyone. I know um, I, I had that for so long. Became. I, I, I actually hated that feeling. Mm. Um, but knowing that I'm not going to let it change me, that yeah, I'm going to, that I ended up, that I had some things happen that were hurtful mm -hmm. or things that happened. But it, I, if I allowed that person or that event to change my heart, to change who I am, then they won. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to let them win. I'm still going to be the person I'm going to be. Am I cautious? Yeah. <laughs> right, am right, I a little right. more thoughtful more about things yeah. I do? Discern of course I am. Mm -hmm. um, 
But at the end of the day, I'm still going to be the person I am. And, and that is a person that looks for the good in somebody first. Mm. What would you say you're more afraid of now, fear or uh, failure or success moving forward after this kind of transformation in the last couple of years? You know, I, I'm doing things that I haven't done before. So writing a book and starting a school, uh, a college dropout has an institute at the University really of cool. Texas. That's really cool. I'm a professor. They call me Professor Scott on campus, which is crazy. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. Anything is possible, folks. You don't believe it. I'm a professor at a college dropout <laughs> at a university, a top university in the country. So anything is possible. But I want to do so well now for this legacy that I want mm-hmm. to that all of these things have led me to this point is given me the opportunity to have a voice to help others yeah. succeed in their own life. And I want to see them succeed. Mm-hmm. And that would be, for me, that's what I'm fearful of is that I want to make sure I can figure out how to do this in a way that they have great success because mm. I don't want them to fail. Right. I want them to have success. So it's a cool place that's to beautiful. be. beautiful. What's the part of your voice that is yet to be heard? My singing voice you don't want to hear on the show, but no. Is there anything you've uh, wanted no. to sh- say that you haven't really fully said yet? You feel like it's still inside of you? I know you've written a lot of these yeah. things, these stories in your book, but is there something you feel like you still want to get out there? I think the biggest thing I want to say is don't ever judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy for us to dismiss someone's success as a fluke, uh, you know, just to just be like, oh, they got lucky. Mm. Or, you know, and especially women, Lewis, we can be vicious. And I see women tearing other women down really? so much, especially if they see success. There's got to be a reason or, you know, and then if some a woman fails, oh, they celebrate the failures. Really? Oh, yeah, this is happening. Women celebrate other women failing. Yeah, but we, we've got to change that dialogue. And why, I think Why do they do that? Because it's we have our own in personal insecurity. So if we see someone else doing something, it could be jealousy. It could come from a place of insecurity, mm. you know. And we've got to stop that, right? Because if we can stop that and start celebrating each other's successes, and pick up, put your hand down when somebody else has fallen and lift them out of that place, you will become more successful, more mm-hmm. great. Your light is going to shine so bright, and that will attract so many great things in your life. That is what I want people to hear is let's not judge a book by the cover. Let's start to hold hands, lift each other up, support one another instead of tear each other down. And this would be an amazing world we could live in. And men and women. I I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I think men do it too, right? I'm just a woman and I feel it. But in our company, (laughs) we don't allow that. Yeah. You know, we Mm. hire people on heart before mm. resume. Mm. And we celebrate each other. If somebody gets a promotion, you'll see a hundred emails going, way to go, you so deserve this, Maggie, or whoever it is, rooting for one another. That's cool. And that environment is infectious. It's contagious mm-hmm. in a good way. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a message I want to get out there is like, find ourselves when you're at that dinner table and it's like, oh, so-and-so got a promotion. See the tone? Or so-and-so got a promotion. Right. How awesome is that? You have the power to change that conversation in that moment. Mm. And we all have that ability. Sure. Yeah. I'm curious about <clears throat> the, the mindset you developed around making money. Because you were in a hat business before, and it wasn't thriving, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Not at all. So how did you learn? Because a lot of people kind of have this ceiling about how much they think they deserve to earn or make 
and they kind of get stuck. Mm-hmm. It's from what I've seen. And it's hard for them to break through to the next level. So how did you, in your mind, psychologically know that you were deserving to earn more and to be able to build a business that had the potential to earn more? And how did you not have a ceiling at right. the different levels from $100,000 in sales to a million to 10 million to 100 million to a billion? How did you right. continue to break through that financial ceiling? I think for me, I've had a, a different relationship with money. Really? Um, I, I, being a single mom, um, starting this business very bootstrapped, not having investors, it was survival for me. It was always like, I can pay my rent, mm-hmm. help my kids go to this school. You know, it was very much survival mode for, mode. for a long yeah. time. And, you know, and even hiring my first COO, which, you know, was like my you know, partner in crime for many years, Lon, you know, he, I couldn't afford him. But I couldn't not afford him. So what did I do? I cut my payback because I was investing in the future of our business. It was always this bigger idea of building something that was bigger than just my paycheck. I wasn't thinking about it as much as that. I felt like this business was this almost, you know, I always say all the time that Kendra Scott, the company, is the DNA of all the people that are part of it. And we've created this, like, I think now he's she he is a tween maybe uh you know there we've still got a lot of a lot of growth to go sure. with that brand but it was the dna of all the people and so each thought about it was how are we going to continue to grow and do more and success for us was also on our three core values which was family fashion and philanthropy we were always giving back even from the very beginning mm. and the bigger we grew the more we were doing right. and making an impact so it's like we were able to have this fashion brand, but also seeing how we could affect people's lives in a positive way. And that was our fuel source because it was like, yeah, we're paying, you have to pay your bills, but it was also seeing something else that we were building and growing that was really cool. I think the first time I had an investor, when I had those words said to me, I want to invest in you, Kendra, I was first like, wait, that's really weird. Did you say what? You know, I, I couldn't believe it. And it was an advisor. I had built up an advisory board because I didn't have a typical board. Really? And I wanted to get other people's thoughts about my business. I wanted to be a sponge and learn from them. So I sought out people that I really respected in a very different fields, but that could help contribute to what I was trying to build. Right. And one of my advisors ended up being my first investor mm. and saying, what you're building is phenomenal. Wow. Can I please invest? That's cool. And that in of itself was the first time I took money off the table. What the f- year was this? Uh, 2012. Okay. So 10 years in. <laughs> you took some money off. Silence. <laughs> 10 right, years right. In. But it wasn't a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, but for me, I never had money just in a bank account. Sure. I had a float, a personal float and a business float. You'd, uh, you'd have money so you could buy inventory. Yes, and, where I could, and it yeah. was always this like yes. chess game I was mm-hmm. playing. That was the first time I actually felt like I could breathe a little easier. And then three years later, we brought in a private equity firm for 20% of the business. So you got a little more cash. And I got a little more. And then that was for me. I would have been fine. I was fine. I was happy. And what it did for me is I didn't have to worry about money anymore. I didn't have to worry about my float. I didn't have to worry about rent. I could pay for my kid's school. I mean, we were fine. I was fine. I had everything I wanted. 
So I could really start to be kind of a little more aggressive on the business side. That's cool. I could take more risks with the business because right. it wasn't like if this doesn't work, I have no money. I'm right, right out. I'm right living now. with my mom again. You I don't know? think people realize how challenging it is to run a business. Like I think yeah. they see Shark Tank, which you're yeah. on and you've been on, and they think I think they see like people on Instagram or social media talk about their successful business, but I don't think they understand how stressful it can be to manage overhead, to manage yes. your you know monthly payments, to manage people, to manage all the softwares you're paying for, all the logistics, there's no, so this many things Entrepreneurship happening. is not for the faint of heart. You don't go into entrepreneurship because you think, ooh, I wanna just have my own business and be my right. own boss, nobody's gonna tell me what to do. Oh, honey, you, everyone will everyone's tell you what boss. to do. Everyone's <laughs> your boss. And you are going to be working so much harder mm-hmm. than you've ever in your life. But if you're working for something that you're passionate about, mm-hmm. you're excited about. I mean, for me, I would get up and still get up every morning, and I cannot wait to be part of That's my business. Cool. I love designing. I love my customers so much. I love their stories. I love meeting them. I love my, my family at Kendra Scott that we've built. Uh, you know, I, I love it. And if you don't love it, you can't do it. And if you're just doing it for money, stop right, right. now because that's not going to get you through and you will never become successful. Because for 10 years, you weren't really thriving financially. I mean, the business was growing right. and you were making a good salary, but you weren't like, I've got all this money in the world now for no, me. No, no. I mean, After those 10 years. 10 years. No. After 10 years, it was still so hard yeah. every day. Um, <laughs> so hard. But then, you know, you start to see, and like, again, the recession hit, things changed, mm-hmm. my business was changing, and we were starting to see, and it was, then it was lightning in a bottle growth. That's cool. It was 5 million to 25 million in sale, 25 wow. million to 75 million the next wow. year. I mean, we weren't just doing, we were growing at this unbelievable rate, but that 10 years of authentic mm-hmm. dedication, love, standing by our core values, really just creating something and listening to our customer and being agile and pivoting when we needed to, not being so laser focused on it has to be this way. Mm -hmm. Um, If if the pandemic hasn't taught us that, I don't know what it is. I always say, you know, if you looked at my my plan in 2020, I wish I had a piece of paper. I ripped it in half. Yes, I ripped it in half. You have to be able to be agile and and <laughs> shift, okay, with this upcoming recession that might be happening. We don't know. Be agile. Your plan that you have today may not be the plan that's going to look like it as you go down and traverse this next year or two mm-hmm. or three years or whatever be flexible. it be. be flexible. So where you're at now is completely different than the plan you had two years ago. Totally. What do you think was the the factor that got you from the twenty five to seventy five million like that fast? Was it what were the couple of shifts that you did that allowed for that growth? Yeah, so we within started, you and then tactically. Yeah, so with within myself, you know, I felt like I had the confidence to, okay, my family's going to be okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. we're not going to be on the streets. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Like we're going to be okay. I could really start to like. Think outside of the box. Take some risks. And I was seeing this magic happening in our store that we were walking into every day. And the lines. and the, crazy. the My office sat right above that store. And it's I could just hear the just, roar. That's got to be amazing. Laughter and people having fun and the energy that this store was creating. And I knew that this was magic. And so we started opening stores. So you just had one then and then you And then we started opening more. stores and opening stores. Mm-hmm. And each of those stores 
we're creating this little ecosystem within that community. And we had a philanthropy outreach manager in every store. So we were building within the community all of our philanthropy projects. And it was like we just saw it. And we were learning. Every one, I was learning something and making the next one better. Never being complacent. Today, I'm never complacent. You know, people think, oh, you have a billion-dollar brand. You can now just take a break. I have. Are you kidding? This is when I really have to work. I know. Um, I can never be complacent. I wake up every day and I say, how am I going to surprise and delight my customer today? Wow, that's beautiful. How am I going to surprise and delight them? Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The designer event is now on at Bloomingdale's, and you don't want to miss it. Shop the most sought-after handbags, shoes, and ready-to-wear from the top luxury designers, all at incredible savings. This sale only happens for a limited time online and in-store. So head on over to Bloomingdale's today and shop the designer event. You can't just go on yesterday's wins. you got to think differently every day. Today I'm gonna do better than we did yesterday. I'm gonna make a bigger impact for her today. Surprise and delight. Mm, Because there's always, I mean, there's always boutique brands coming out too, right? There's all these, an influencer is launching a brand. There's all these different people that are coming out with retail and all these cool different things. And if you stay the same, people are gonna move on to some other brand. Oh, let me check this out. And oh, this is really cool. And become more of a customer over here than with you, right? right? So you have to constantly be innovating, it sounds like. Innovating. And, you know, we've grown. I mean, we started, we were a fashion jewelry brand. Now we have sterling silver, which is like demi-fine. And we have fine jewelry, diamonds, engagement rings, you know, 14. We have all three, you know, categories of mm-hmm. jewelry. High we have end. a men's line. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we're doing so many different things. I mean, we have customers that are layering their diamonds with our fashion brand that we bring out seasonally mm, for spring cool. or summer, you know. But we've grown with our customer. We have three generations of customers shopping in our store. We'll have the daughter, the mother, and the grandmother, and they all leave with a little yellow bag and a smile on their face. There's not a lot of brands that can be generational like that as well. And that little girl grows with us. Maybe then she goes to college and she's wearing us on game day. Then she's getting married and she's getting our engagement ring. Mm. Then she's on her honeymoon. Then she has kids and now she's getting teacher's gifts. And, you know, and so we see our customers over 20 years who, and we've built such a connection with her and him now sure. that it's this, it's such a, it's such a cool thing to see as a brand. So how do you, I mean, with someone, I'm not in this this industry, obviously, I don't understand, but with, uh, let's say, a brand that only focuses on the high-end jewelry, the engagement rings and the yeah. more expensive jewelry, and that's all they obsess about. They don't have the other two lines, right? the generations of lines, I guess. How do you compete as a brand with a specialist brand that just does that? Well, first of all, I always tell everybody, if you're doing what everybody else is doing, you're already failed. It's one of my favorite things to say. you got to be disruptive. So if you're doing high-end fine jewelry, you have to have your own unique fingerprint on it. You are what makes it great. Mm-hmm. Your personal brand, who you are, your aesthetic. Right. Your, so be you. 
Don't try to be right. all the jewelry brands that are, you know, out there. You have to be you and you have to be doing something different, unique, and bringing something to a customer that nobody else is offering her. So that's the most important mm. thing, whether that's through experience, whether that's through product, uh, whatever it might be. It could be a combination. For us, it's a combination of all of those things. Like the experience has to be amazing on wherever she's shopping. Sure, the product sure. has to be amazing. Um, so give me, so the only, I don't know the jewelry world, so I yeah. know I've heard Tiffany's, right? right so it's yeah. like, how do you, just an example, how would you compare yourself or how do you say, okay, we're going to try to uh, draw in some of the audience that would normally go for a brand like Tiffany's and have them have right. one of our engagement, engagement rings. rings. Yeah. Yes. How would how do you think about that? So I think about it from a customer perspective. I think about the shopping experience of Tiffany's. I uh, love yeah. Tiffany's. I mean, hello, right. who doesn't? Okay. Right. Um, but I think it's you know it's a very high end. It can be intimidating. It's under the glass. It's under, it's and you can go in there and you can white feel glove, right like people. Yeah. And. You know, and in any store, and I'm not, because I'm not saying it's Tiffany's, but I've gone into stores as Kendra Scott in my workout clothes, my hair in a ponytail, sweaty after the gym. intimidated. And they don't really want to talk to me, right? Kendra Scott's a totally different vibe. You know, it's a more casual, Mm -hmm. more relaxed. We want your husband to come in and have fun. We're going to give him a beer. We're going to give you a glass of champagne. You can, he can just try on some rings. Y'all can have fun. We're not, you know, it's a very relaxed mm. experience, right? I'm about to go check it out now. And it's fun, right? Yeah, yeah. And you want to, like, it's a place you want to come hang out. And again, we're not here to, you want to just try on rings or try and on leave? rings and have fun today? Yeah. Great. Because if you left with a smile on your face and you had a great time, we've succeeded at Kendra Scott wow. because we made a connection. Wow. We made a connection. That's and cool. you're going to share that even if you never buy something. Right. You're going to share, we went into Kendra Scott store today. Oh my God. It was cool. I, they had a, had a local time. beer. Yeah. I got, you know, my, and my, my girlfriend, she got to try in a bunch of rings. We had so much fun. They gave us cupcakes and champagne. I mean, yeah, this cu- is great. Yeah, yeah, we cupcakes. Cupcakes. I'm going over there right oh, now. No. Hey, you can make any sale happen with cupcakes, okay? <laughs> That's your lesson that you can what, take from this. When did you start adding, um, I guess, beer, champagne, and food to the store? Right away. Really? From day one, I wanted it to feel like you were coming into my house. That's so cool. my house, you know, we'd have a big thing of lemonade and mm. I'd have cookies out on a tray or little sweet treats. Um, it was always like you were coming into my house. Like if you came into my house, I'd be like, hey, can I get you something to drink? Sure. Do you want a little treat? Thanks for being here. So I wanted to create this environment mm-hmm. of a warmth, of mm. welcoming, of community. And it feel like... Hey, we're glad you're here. I'm curious what the uh, I'm curious if you would have had it for two years without the food and drinks, mm-hmm. and then you would have brought it, and if it would have increased sales or how that would have, that conversion would have been. You know, I I couldn't, I couldn't have like, imagined it without it. Right. Uh, now we have a store in Austin. Our flagship store is in this really cool old house. If you go down on South Congress, and we have a little cafe called Sips and Sweets. Come on. Because that's what we used to call it in our advertising: is come in for Kendra Scott for Kendra Goes Back event. Shop and have sips and sweets. So we named our little cafe sips and sweets. An actual cafe. A little cafe. So it's it's coffee shop, wine. We have frosé all day, which is (laughs) yeah on on tap. So so it's an actual standalone coffee shop cafe inside our store. Yes, it's inside the store. Yeah, but you can get to it outside too. We have a little window. You can just go up and get your coffee. We have a patio where we have live music some yeah. days. On game days, we have big TVs so the men That's can cool. sit out there. We have local beers, wine, That's champagne. Cool. So fun. 
And then all of the pastries and cookies are from local female makers. Mm, mm, that's cool. So they bring in all these amazing treats and we're celebrating other entrepreneurs within wow. the community. So it's really cool. So we're hoping to open more of those because that's been a huge hit in Austin. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. But that's the never be complacent. Mm -hmm. That's the surprise and delight. It was taking a small thing and growing it into something sure. even more exciting and yes. fun instead of just being like, well, this works. We'll just keep doing that. Um, and I think that's where, mm, that's cool. as an entrepreneur, you're the visionary, always trying to think of you. And some things aren't going to always work. Yeah. And that's okay, too. But if you don't try, you won't know. Absolutely. I'm curious about relationships. And I ask men this question a lot about, I really admire the men who have built an incredible business and who have a relationship also. Not just, oh, I'm this single guy and I've made millions, but you know, a guy who's kind of stood the test of time in business yeah. and relationships. Not saying they have to have the perfect one and not saying they don't have to have failed ones and new relationships, but where do you think you'd be if you were, let's say, single for the last 20 years versus having relationships that had their ups and downs but also had connection in them? Where would you be if you were single versus being in relationships? I think being in relationships has helped me be able to become the success I am today. Really? Um, I am so thankful that I was a young mother. My boys drove me so much because mm. I wanted to succeed for them. So they were such a driver of even not wanting to give up when there are times when I felt like it'd just be easier to throw in the towel. I'd look at their little faces and be like, no. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up because of them. Mm -hmm. And so having those relationships led me to all of those things that gave me the drive and, you know, and that just, oh, I want to make this work. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this work. Um, and I think for any successful person to have a person that they can be their most vulnerable self with, where they don't have to be the rock star and the know every answer. And if you can have a person in your life that just allows you to be you, mm -hmm. the messy, ugly, whatever, insecure at times, um, you know, person, and they love you for that and they're there for you, mm -hmm. every strong person needs a rock too. You know, we need a rock. We need somebody that we can tether to every once in a while because we're flying high. Right. <laughs> but you need that person sometimes sure. in your life that can tether you in a good way, not keeping you from doing things, but know that you're safe, mm -hmm. that you've got a place to come home to, a chest to lie on, yes. um, someone to cry to, and, and, and know that they're not going to judge you. So I think when you can find a person in your life that brings you that type of peace, and that's, I think, the, the key. Is like the highest level of currency for me yes. in my life right now. Peace. Because I had so much lack of peace for mm -hmm. so many years in different relationships. I yeah. take responsibility for a lot of it. But uh, like right now, to have peace is incredible. And, and it's, it's and the people, greatest feeling. And you want to say, like, you want, oh, it's fireworks and it's no, this and it's no. that. And it's all peace. this, you know. Ah. And I drama. now go in my life Screw and I go, drama. I want to breathe easy Relax. and free. I want to... <laughs> I think about coming home. Being accepted, being, and yes. yes, and just knowing it's like a warm blanket. Oh, like when you're in your comfiest sweats yes. and you're at home and you've ordered in takeout and you're with this person that just makes you mm. like breathe, that's when you found the right person. What would you do if you could go back and speak to 20-year-old Kendra? What would you say to her about love? I would tell her it's going to be okay 
and that on those days, we know you go through a breakup. It is. And, you know, I see my sons in relationships now and like that young love and, oh my God, and I just know, I like know how hard it is because I remember that you just feel like you're going to die. I mean, you really do. I mean, you, when you go through some breakups, it is not easy, but I think you're going to be okay. And that think about the things that you loved about this person and think about the things that maybe didn't work so good. And then next time when you start dating somebody, you're going to see some of those things that you loved in the person that you had this relationship with, but you may not see some of those things that you didn't. Or you'll mm-hmm. identify right. the things that you didn't. Sure. And if we can start even with business and other failures, think about it with relationships the same way. This person may be the reason to get you to that next person. Mm-hmm. I know that seems horrible to think about because we want every love to be like the love. Yes. But there's a lesson in every relationship, even friendships that we have, the friends that make us feel so good when we're around them and bring out the best in us, and the friends that make us feel bad about ourselves or bring out the worst in us, you start to see those in people, right? And as you start to grow in your own life, and some people are lucky. I mean, one of my best friends, they met at 14. They're married. They have grandkids now. I mean, they have kids and grandkids. They're madly in love with each other. And I look at them all the time and think, wow, that is a beautiful, amazing thing. And not that they haven't gone through ups and downs over all these years mm-hmm. together. But that's okay if your life doesn't turn out like that. Every person in our lives has come to our lives for a reason. Mm-hmm. And there's a lesson that we can learn from them, good and sometimes bad, mm-hmm. that's going to get us to this next beautiful place to hopefully find peace and happiness. Mm. I've got a couple of final questions for you. I'm curious about if you could go back and, and tell her to learn three specific skills, it could be personal skills, emotional skills, business skills, what skills do you wish you would have been able to learn faster at 20? At 20, I would have told myself, Kendra, you are you, and you are a unique, amazing, beautiful human being that was put on this earth for mm. a reason. And even though right now you don't think you're good enough, you are. Mm -hmm. You are good enough. And you are going to do great things. And I believe in you. I believe in you. And I see you. I see that light in you. And giving her that confidence that I think I lacked earlier and knowing that I don't Mm -hmm. have to be anybody but me. Right. Self-confidence. Self-confidence. That skill of just owning who you are and I think today in a world of so many filters and you know social media mm-hmm. where we're projecting, I just want us all to feel like we can be vulnerable and be us and know that that's awesome mm-hmm. because there's no one else like you. Yeah. You're the only you out there. Yes. How cool is that? So let's not try to be like anybody sure, else. Sure. Just be you. Uh, you know, I think the other thing I'd tell her is that, yeah, there's going to come times when you're going to want to give up. You're going to want to throw in the towel. You're going to want to say, this is too hard. And that's the time when you've got to pick yourself up the bathroom floor and say, now it's our time to really go. Right. And you're going to hear a lot of notes. You're going to have lots of doors shoved in your face. But I want you to look at that no as what it says in a mirror. It says on. And that means you got to go. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes that no is going to lead you to ask more questions about why they said no. What do you need that I'm not showing you? And it's actually the conversation is just getting started 
when you get that no sometimes. So don't be afraid of no's, embrace them and Mm -hmm. get excited when you hear them. Yes, okay, and the third? Third, oh, sk- third was, skill? I, was that the third? I thought, felt like it was three, but I can give you another one. One more skill. Sure, one more skill. <laughs> I think, you know, the last skill I would tell myself is failure is a gift. And you hear it all the time. But we are so afraid of it that it sometimes immobilizes yeah. us. Yeah. And I think my company would have grown quicker than it had even. Not that it needed to. It all worked out okay. But I was so afraid of failure that I was too cautious at times. I was so afraid to fail that I wasn't moving forward. And I was stuck in the Mm -hmm. mud and just sitting there. And that failure is a gift in that when it happens to us, if we can go, ooh, okay, that stung a little, but... If I hadn't done this, I didn't wouldn't have gotten these three sure. great, amazing nuggets that now I'm going to use because, wow, that led me to this next cool thing I'm doing. So knowing that then and not being so afraid of it, that it was such a scary, awful thing mm. and realizing that it actually could be the greatest thing that could ever have happened to me. Mm. You're inspiring, Kendra. <laughs> I've got a. So are you. I've got a couple of final questions for you, uh, but I want people to get your book, yes. "Born to Shine: Do Good, Find Your Joy, and Build a Life You Love." Make sure you guys get a few copies of this. Give it to your friends. Uh, spread the message out. Very inspiring message, story, life, uh, and lessons in here as well. So make sure you guys get "Born to Shine." Um, I asked you. A, about the three skills you would tell yourself when you're 20, but this is a, a question I ask everyone towards the end called the three truths. So it's a hypothetical question. Imagine you live as long as you wanna live, but it's your last day, mm-hmm. eventually, far in the future. And you get to accomplish everything you want, personally, professionally, impact-wise, service-wise, it all happens, mm-hmm. which I believe it will for you. And for whatever reason, Everything you've ever created has to go to the next place with you. So we don't have access to your book or this interview or anything you've ever done for whatever reason is gone from this earth. Okay. But you get to leave behind three lessons to the world, three things you know to be true. I mean, this is all we have to remember you by. What would be those three truths that you would share to the world? I would say, first and foremost, try to live your life with an optimistic lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's easy to to have a lot of self-doubt, but when we can look at things from an optimistic mindset where you see possibility even in the impossible, um, that's when amazing things can happen. So having an optimistic mindset really can change anyone's life. Uh, And it doesn't mean that you just see things like butterflies and rainbows all the time, but you're looking for possibility in something. I would say the second is be kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be a aggressive, mean, you know, to be like taken seriously and strong leader, entrepreneur. Be a kind, loving, compassionate mm-hmm. human. Um, try to be empathetic and put yourself in someone else's shoes and give them the benefit of the doubt uh, before you just jump to, why did you do that? Maybe they did that because something else is going on, right? <laughs> right. So I, I just, I think having a kind heart and thinking of your day, each day of spreading joy mm-hmm. uh, for me is how I would love that lesson is, is I don't just wake up and think, well, what could I do today to, you know, grow my business? Or I think about when I'm walking in the coffee shop, how can I make that person yes. feel good today? 
How can I make them smile? How can I compliment them on something so that they know that they're seen? Mm -hmm. Because one small moment of joy that you impact is it will spread like wildfire. So So live a life that doesn't just with kindness, but live a life that you want to spread joy. Okay, cool. I love this. Um, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Kendra, for your your joy. I mean, you sh- when the first moment I, sh- I met you, you, you brought, you shined, you brought the joy and the positivity and I could feel it right away. And I know why you've become so successful in your business. And I think it's because you want to see others shine. Yes. You know, you want to see your customers shine. You want to see every person that comes in the store be treated like they're home. Yes. Thank you for the gifts. I appreciate the oh, gifts you got me. You made me feel like hey, I'm home. No, and you look so cool. You know, so now I can on. be like the trendy, cool, you know, <laughs> guy over here. Uh, but I really acknowledge you for it because I think it's been it's really hard for people to be successful in business for two decades, almost two decades, yeah. and for you to go through the different challenges you had personally in relationships. A divorce can break someone in a business, and you were able to get through that and and shine even more. A recession can break someone. You know, there's so many different things health challenges and family can break someone and for it to be uh, something that that builds you and not breaks you and just makes you stronger and opens your heart even more to being giving and joyful and loving I think is really beautiful so I acknowledge you for the gift that you are Kendra thank you for writing this book and starting to open up even more and give back even more with your voice now to the world is there anything else we can do to serve you before our final question no I mean first of all thank you for saying that but you know I appreciate it and I do agree. I, all I want from this book, from everything, is that to everyone is born to shine. Mm-hmm. So on this book, it says, Kendra Scott, born to shine. I'm not talking about myself. Um, I really am talking about all of us have this unbelievable light and an ability to do something great, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you have to build a big <clears throat> business, right. but whatever is going to bring you joy and happiness and and make an impact in a positive way, we all have that light inside of us. So, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that my story, along with so many other inspiring folks that you've interviewed and so many people around the world, being vulnerable and Mm -hmm. sharing that uh, and allowing us to help find that in one within yeah. within one another is really uh, something that I hope we we can do. That's beautiful. They can get the book anywhere online, KendraScott.com. They can learn more about the jewelry. Anywhere where books book. are sold, Ken- Amazon, you can get yeah. it anywhere. Kendra Scott on social media. That's with two T's. <laughs> uh, okay, Kendra, this is the final question. What's your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness. My definition of greatness is pretty easy for me. It is, um, it's yellow, first of all. When I think of greatness, I think of bright. Uh, you know my color is yellow, uh-huh. but it's, it's sunshine, it's light. It's shining a light in the dark places. Mm. It's bringing joy to those who need it on a bad day. Um, that, for me, is greatness, mm. is when you can shine a light where there needs to be a light shine, shined, Sean, shown. Sean Don. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Don. Um, I think that that for me is, mm. uh, is greatness. Mm. Kendra, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks you. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts as well. I really love hearing feedback from you guys. So share a review over on Apple and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And if no one's told you lately, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. The designer event is now on at Bloomingdale's and you don't want to miss it. Shop the most sought after handbags, shoes, and ready to wear from the top luxury designers, all at incredible savings. This sale only happens for a limited time online and in store. So head on over to Bloomingdale's today and shop the designer event. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S.